again, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring November 7th, 1987. It was a Saturday night. It was day two of three of the Rex Foundation benefit. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-hosts, Knob and Fig. Let's go ahead and give them a hearty good evening, friends. Pretty good evening, friends. friends. All right, let's just go ahead and just dive on into the show. Let's do it. And when I mean the show, I mean the first first segment of our show. And the first segment of our show is the Channel 6 segment. I did a drum roll, and it did not come through my microphone. I did a drum roll that I think came through. (laughs) Now I think my dogs dogs upstairs are parking now. (laughs) Someday I will figure out how to input like sounds or get like some sort of soundboard so that you can be like yeah. our channel six and then it's like channel six was on the news or something mm-hmm. like that but i haven't figured that part out yet i have a mixer here and i was hoping someone could okay. show me how to do that but yeah i episode want some fit. cry laughing every time i say one of my killer jokes or do episode an 51 <laughs> episode 51 we're gonna we're gonna introduce the uh the sound clips that gives us a buffer of like six or seven episodes to figure it out yeah, anyway. no, it's, it's good to set goals for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we actually have news. Um, news. This week, after a few weeks of no news, um, first up, we have some Reddit news. Um, our dear close friend, um, and I believe r slash Grateful Dead moderator. Am I correct on that? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, he's a mod. Uh, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Post crash Earnhardt. Um, has configured and set up two separate AMAs of just about a week apart. First is on January 6th with Grateful Dead sound man Bob Pralove. Uh, Bob was a part of the group from 1986 to 1995 as a sound technician, and he also performed um, as an auxiliary member of the Rhythm Devils during Drums in Space. So Bob's AMA is on January the 6th, and we have a return AMA with Tom Constanin um, on January the 13th. And as we all know, Tom played the keyboards for the Grateful Dead from 1968 to 1970. So once again, we have Bob on January 6th and then Tom on January 13th. Uh, a big, big shout out and um, props to Post Crash Earnhardt for um, being able to set up these AMAs for the community to enjoy. Then our final little bit yeah, of news. Absolutely. Oh. Kicking, yeah. kicking in the new year with two AMAs. It's uh, it, pretty awesome stuff. Uh, PCE, it, if you're listening, good job, man. It, it was a little bit of a, of a drought uh, between, yeah. between AMAs. So to have two in the you same guys, month. How do you guys feel about AMAs? you guys into them? I mean, not, not specifically, you know, Grateful Dead, but just like, you know, the Reddit like idea of AMAs. Yeah. I have the one that I'll gripe with. I hate the, the talk ones. I really don't care for those. I've I've seen a couple of those lately where it's mostly uh, done over an audio stream and then answers transcribed afterwards. I don't enjoy listening to them, and I find the transcribed answers to often be uh, un- flat. Un- like 
in incomprehensible if you aren't listening because it'll be full of all the likes and ums and uhs and yeahs and people yeah. you know, get lost mid train of thought and all that kind of good stuff. I'm sure what I just said is gibberish if you wrote it all out word for word. Um, it absolutely is. I mean, that's the interesting thing about you know the written word versus the spoken word. When you speak, it's not legible. You know, like like if you have to write it. It's full yeah. of ums and uhs, and and you go back to ideas, and and you're you're just trying to communicate as best as you can, you know, speaking off off the cuff. So like, yeah, it is interesting that um, you know, that they would actually even try to just you know give a raw transcription of an AMA because yeah. I don't see that working at all. Right. No, I really I like. No, go ahead. No. no. I was yeah. I was just gonna say I do really enjoy them. <laughs> I really I enjoy know. when they come off the rails. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um I I don't think we'll have that issue uh with Bob or You Tom. remember the the Matthew McConaughey was it Matthew McConaughey or no, something? Woody other... Harrelson. Oh, it was Woody, Woody Harrelson. Harrelson, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that was Reddit history right there. When you wouldn't stop talking about Rampart. <laughs> yeah, Rampart. <laughs> well, the problem is, you know, the whole conceit of Ask Me Anything is you have to ask anything and they have to answer it. It's ask me anything. But like it's not that at all, and it's really just yeah. kind of access. And you know, Twitter gives people access these days to, well, you know, Twitter's still around when uh, this podcast is airing. Um, generally, gives people access to celebrities, so yeah, it's cool to get, uh, you know, for this to be happening on this sub. But you know, generally, I think I'm off the Ask Me Anything subreddit because it's just kind of it, stopped being interesting to me. In the uh, wrestling subreddit, where I'm so. Uh... Graciously, or you're a mod from, from, from No, I wish if I was a mod, I wouldn't be banned from my main account from participating in said subreddit. Are you really banned? <laughs> uh, what yeah, is... yeah. Why? Um, How could you possibly have? Um. So, long story short, there was a wrestler who passed away very tragically. Okay, this is very, very, very tragically, very recently. Um, and a few weeks or months came by, and his widow makes. Mm wrestling statements like on twitter right like um like x y and z should be a champion or i can't believe like they lost this match not like because she thinks it's real no but like like she's just sharing her wrestling opinion so so people would then um have opinions on her wrestling opinion and some people were like i can't believe anybody would speak against this woman because of the tragedy of like what happened to her husband. Okay. And then, and then she came out with this whole big long tweet about, um, if we don't like her opinion, we as in wrestling fans, like don't like her opinion. We don't have to, um, like engage with her, et cetera, et cetera. So I just pointed out that if you don't want your public opinion to be commented on, you probably shouldn't comment publicly. Like it's very cut and dry. Like if you if just don't comment publicly. Like that's a really good point. Don't. And uh, I was banned for racism. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then okay. um and then I made a second account and I got bully and I said, I'm just gonna keep making accounts. You're just gonna keep banning me. And then they banned that account. Um I think making I- an account to go controvert a ban is actually a bannable yes Yes, it is uh so however my third account is still rocking and rolling so (laughs) my third account um is is badass on the show um 
You may want to consider asking the mods for an unban. I mean, no, sounds like it's uh, been so, a while. Since so I have, um, and there has been other um, instances of the mods of Squared Circle probably overstepping their boundaries. Um, Reddit and they, mods? No. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, uh, right. So, um, Especially not 20, on this subreddit. 2022 has kind of, um, I don't want to say like, 2022 is the first time where I'm like, oh, okay, like some of these kids take their opinions like way seriously. Like you mm -hmm. can't disagree at all. <laughs> like cool. even even constructively, because even if you constructively disagree, like you are the problem with the world, <laughs> right? Like 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 that's that's how it is in 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 the wrestling subreddits right now. Like if you don't like Japanese female women's wrestling, like you are the biggest piece of shit on the planet Earth. <laughs> And uh, or if you don't like um, intergender wrestling, you are the biggest piece of shit on the earth. And um, yeah, it's it's that kind of stuff where it's like, you know what? I'll just I'll just lurk <laughs> instead of always comment. Yeah, so, fun, it's fun. generally better to do that on Reddit. I, I used to be the type of person who would, you know, growing up, like I would like I would love to get into it with people and like have like you know conversations, arguments, you know, dialogues, whatever. And then uh, Reddit destroyed that for me <laughs> yeah that, that's what's nice about it's, the grateful dead the... subreddit for the most part it's mostly friendly yeah it does stay relatively chill though i there's I mean... something i want to discuss about the subreddit probably after recording um don't let me forget <laughs> oh I'll, I'll yeah when you're a mod you see all the all the warts involved i mean it does take a lot to keep our grateful dead civil i mean it's got over a hundred thousand uh, members and a ton of I don't want to say spammers, but you know, like a ton of um, uh, merch sellers. You know, will go on yeah. it, and and we have pretty strict merch rules, and so a lot of what the mods do on the subreddit is enforce those merch rules. Uh, Funny, a lot of it too is just some, keeping people. There are some you know. t-shirts that immediately set off my fight or flight that I know it's a spam bot. There are definitely some t-shirt bots that, if it were possible, I'd like to fight in hand-to-hand -hand combat. <laughs> um merchandise is actually what i want to talk about um after the podcast is over no are, you, are you trying to merchandise this whole no, podcast no there was uh there's there's a pretty popular post this past week on uh dead and company and grateful dead um that kind of went against in my opinion i don't want to say like the core values of deadheads right i don't want to hmm. say that but it was it, we're pretty much supposed to be nice to one another like, yeah. we're all in this together. Like, we all, you know, yeah. all like the it's same, like, 45, 50 songs, you know what I mean? And boy, oh, boy, it's like, whatever. But, like, boy, oh, boy, was like <laughs> this, 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 this one person was, like, attacked. And, like, it huh. went on for a while. And I was like, like this guy's kind of odd. Like, yeah, like, I'm not going to say he's not. But, like. Well, that's the like, problem with Reddit. Like, you don't know 50 who pages of to. Right, to have like and how many pages be... of like vitriol against this like lot of them? Uh, now I yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah, and like, <laughs> and then I went that. on, then I went on the Dead and Company board, and like the original like drama starter was like, uh, started off real cool, and then started calling like lots of people the R word, <laughs> and like like real like off the wall, and I'm like, this is like off season shit. This is like no one has any real live music to talk about, so it's like we're gonna spin up like Instagram <laughs> vendor drama. Um, 
Yeah, my, the off season is a long period. And <laughs> and my alt account and my alt account actually commented. Um, you, you people who want to investigate this, uh, my alt account commented like, he doesn't deserve nearly any of this, like <laughs> nearly any of it, like yeah. at all. And I was down over voted for that. <laughs> just like yeah, okay, that one's that one is just um. We're not winning that battle, I guess. So, game, yeah. Game, you mentioned, you know, does this go against the Grateful Dead ethos? And one of the top posts on the Grateful Dead subreddit, uh, maybe a couple of days ago, or maybe it was yesterday, maybe it was this morning, I have no idea, was about how someone found merch, Grateful Dead merch, um, at the Cracker Barrel. And that got me thinking about the Grateful Dead ethos and what it actually is. And I'm starting to think that it's all marketing. It is. It is. Um, I think it yeah. is. Yeah. It's, it's, and I don't it, think they even have control over their marketing at this point. I think it's just, it's like a, not even a brand. It's, it's just, I don't know, something that moves, yeah, no, um, it, it sells. It just sells. Yeah. It very much is a, a brand that is a little bit out of, be, not even out of the hands, but just beyond the hands of the people it's that beyond. originally made it. Um, Absolutely. In my opinion, it is all just marketing. It is all just a brand, mm -hmm. but it's it varies from so much. Like, like you, you oh, absolutely. If if you buy a bootleg Nike shirt, it looks like an authentic Nike shirt. Where if you buy yeah. a bootleg Grateful Dead shirt, you really are buying like that artist's interpretation, vision, yeah. whatever the shit, based mm -hmm. off of you know the music, the this and the that. Right. Uh now is it do I do I like going into the grocery store and seeing Grateful Dead cookies on the shelves? Yeah. I think it's I don't pretty cool. I don't. I but do like, not. But like it's also weird. What because flavor of the like, cookies are we talking? Um <laughs> and what, what kind of had, oil do they use? I think they I think it was coconut. I think I had the coconut oh, okay. ones. And they're they're pretty good. They're pretty yeah. good. But it's like I had the ripple beer once and I didn't like that. But like I don't know if I would see like the why beer I was not, okay why would with. you why why like beer is something so like your your taste in beer is something so different than your taste in music why yeah. should you have expected to like the Ripple beer I, I, had a I did bear I mean I'm not a beer person but uh, you know it had the dancing bears on it and I was moderately <laughs> curious to what Ripple tasted like um, <laughs> bitter really tart. Um, I like it much more on the ears than on the tongue. I feel like my first <laughs> sure. experience, now that I, I really think back, um, The Grateful Dead was my old, who I got into it from my old coworker, Andy. And right around that same time when I was getting into it is when they did the collab with Dogfish Head for mm -hmm. the American Beauty Beer. Yeah, now, that was one of the first. I'm, that I I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to think if me buying the beer because I thought that was cool because I was a big beer mm -hmm. at the time happened first or if I was a fan of the music first. Um, yeah, but I, I wonder if like sneakerheads get into the dead because of those great right. Nikes or I, 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 could, I, I would imagine yes. I mean, it's, it's any sort of exposure is possibly a way to get on the bus. And if that's yeah. the way that you got on the bus, then, you know, that, that's, that's awesome. More power to you. Um, I just, I do think that seeing the Met just being a, a museum person and they had Jerry's guitar there and I was like, oh, huh. 
Yeah, but that, that but that gets to the music. Like I I think that makes yeah. more sense than you know. Oh, I had a glass of you know Pinot that was you know right. Scarlet Begonia's like, Pinot or something like. W- with the beer, at least they were doing a like a musical uh, theme because and it was like, an actual like before, collaboration. It wasn't just right. like and and they had like the bears. They had Miles Davis, Miles Davis Bitches Brew, and I think they did a few other yeah. like musical collabs. But mm-hmm. like you're, but you're right. Like if I, Grateful Dead cookies, I like cookies, so I thought it was cool. But like if I saw Grateful Dead like beef broth, I'd be like, come yeah. on, like you know what I mean. Like now we're getting a little weird. But you know what? I would, I would buy the Grateful Dead beef broth. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, they'd be called, be called Bertha's beef beef broth. Yeah. BBB. Say it ten times fast right now. Um, well, no, I, but just to bring it back to the podcast, like that's why I'm happy that oh, yeah. we're doing something with the Grateful Dead that doesn't involve, you know, mass marketing. Like we're, we're actually bringing it back to the music. And I think, you know, that's what the Grateful Dead are obviously all about. And I think that that gets away from people, especially in our, in, in 2022. So that's one of the things I love about this concert because, um, we can go back in time and check out what the Grateful Dead were doing, say in November, 1987. And uh, speaking of this podcast, let me go ahead and make a sharp turn back onto the road and get back <laughs> onto the topic of the podcast, because I don't even know how we got off the topic of the podcast. Uh, but our um, our last Channel 6 News announcement for this week is Bobby and the Wolf Brothers announced their, um, what are they calling this, their, their spring? Um, yeah. Spring, uh, winter, technically, I guess they're calling it their winter tour dates. Um, February and March of 2023. Um, it kicks off February 2nd in North Charleston, South Carolina, and then it ends with a double shot um, March 11th and March 12th in Nashville, Tennessee. So um, 2023, Bobby and the Wolf Brothers kick off um, on February 2nd. And as a friendly reminder... Uh, Bobby also will be involved in playing in the sand, uh, 2023, which starts when January 14th, 14th um, in the Riviera, Cancun, Mexico. Um, we are still waiting for live stream details to be announced. Um, however, um, I'm not sure if this was already discussed. So if it was, I do apologize. Um, the opening artists for the Plane in the Sand 2023, um, not the opening artists, the accompanying artists, uh, Tom Hamilton solo, Goose, um, Goose, LB. How do you, what's this person's name now? Do you know LB Globby? LP Glob, no idea who that person is, but she's a DJ. She just recently put out a remix of uh, uh, Deal like the original Garcia album version of Deal oh. with like EDM elements. Oh. I don't know if I'm enough of an EDM per it didn't do it for me, but I wanted it to. Sure. Um but I'll have to it check cool. that out. I'll check yeah, that out. Um this is the first time that I think I'm as interested in the supporting acts of playing yeah. in the sand as I am Dead and Company. Um, I hope the supporting acts get stream time. Um, I hope it's not just Dead and Company. I know normally they have like a day off somewhere in yeah. between one of those nights. I really do hope um, 
we get streams of Tom and Goose doing their thing. I think that'd be super cool. I like them both. Um, so yeah, that kicks off January 14th. Uh, my birthday is January 16th, so uh, I know what I'm doing on that night. Um, Should be a good start to the new year. Heck yeah, I'm a lot going on. That's yeah that that that'll get me in back into the jam band music scene. Not that I'm not in it now, but it's like ah, there's new. Not live that you stuff. have a podcast about a jam band. <laughs> true, true. But you know, like you know, <laughs> new stuff. You know, besides yeah. besides my goose adventure, I haven't really dove into anything new. No, I've been but, stuck on Billy tour. Oh, I can't. I can't. I was looking at tickets again for him today in in February. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this isn't a Billy podcast. We are a Grateful Dead podcast, and this week we're a bunch of chatty Cathys again tonight. Um, it did take us about twenty minutes to get to the Grateful Dead <laughs> this week. Believe it or not, we're a Grateful Dead podcast. Um, this week's main event is november 7th 1987 it was a saturday night in oakland california it was night two of three of a rex foundation benefit um and i'll just before i go into set one here i thought this whole show was awesome um i don't have much to complain about frankly at all um, so set one kicked off with a rockin' Hey Pocky Way, um, yeah. went into then Jack Straw, Row Jimmy, When I Paint My Masterpiece, Dupree's Diamond Blues, Box of Rain, Cassidy, and then set one ended with Might As Well. Uh, Fig, go ahead and give me your thoughts on set number one. Well, Mrs. Fig is uh, grabbing me a drink right now, so I'm going to go <laughs> uh, kick it over to Knob <laughs> while the exchange happens. Um, I enjoyed this show. It, uh, it's, it's probably not my favorite 87 show that I've heard, but it's an 87 show, and I like 87 a lot, so I'd still rank it pretty highly among dead shows I've heard. Um, the Hey Pocky Way, like you said, is a rockin' opener. Um, Brent has a really nice riffin' solo to, uh, get us started. It's funny that they jump to the ending a little bit too soon, but everyone has a nice chuckle, and they keep going. It's really fun. Um, in general, a lot of these songs are spirited. Jack Straw is incredibly spirited. It is, it's fast, but not quite, uh, cocaine fast. Uh, Bobby's really into it, clearly loving it. Some great vocals, some really nice Brent and Jerry stuff on that second jam. Uh, Road... Jimmy did not wow me until Jerry's solo, and then from that point onward, there was no bad moment. The bridge sounded really nice, the, the chunka chunka chorus sounded really nice. Uh, I think the Jimmy's worth checking out. Um, Masterpiece was a highlight of this set for me. It has a really nice mellow groove, but it keeps moving forward. Uh, mm -hmm. Bobby sounds great. I loved Brent's key tone. Uh, the Bobby and Jerry, just I really love how the dead do when I paint my masterpiece. Bobby and Jerry's harmonies sound really nice. Uh, it's working for me. They really nail it. Um, I wasn't psyched with the Dupree's, but I like Dupree's. Uh, this one was a little slow. Jerry's voice a little rough. Uh, they get more into it in the last couple of verses, and mm -hmm. that works for me, but it's not a highlight for me. Box, I really enjoyed, um, despite... Phil, 
Um, but Phil had some really nice <laughs> runs. Uh, to me, he sounds a, a, a little bit loose, about a foot off the ground. Uh, but he's clearly having fun. I like his little run on sleep. Um, Jerry's got a nice solo. I love Boxer Rain. It's one of my favorite dead tunes in general. Um, and this is a, a nice one. Uh, Cassidy is a highlight of this set. It is hot. Yeah. Uh, some great vocals from Bobby and Brent. Phil's adding some really nice stuff. This is this is one of those songs where they're a six-headed monster and everyone is just working together really nicely. Jerry, Bobby, and Brent have some really nice dynamics in the instrumental part. A really nice Brent solo later on. I, I really enjoy the Cassidy. And Might As Well is a nice way to wrap it up. It's a straightforward Might As Well. Um, I loved the really big woo that the crowd gave Jerry at a never had such a good time in my life before. Uh, Jerry is clearly into it. it. It's just a nice, energetic way to cap off this first set. I enjoyed it a lot. What did you think, Fig? Uh, yeah, I agreed with a lot. Some things I'll kind of quibble with, um, such as the nature of the show. Uh, so this is a Rex benefit, and... For those who don't know, the Rex Foundation is, um, I think it goes, I think it's about uh, supporting uh, blind children or maybe blind people who can't afford to have their eyes fixed. Is that, am I just making this up or is that something uh, that's not right? Um, it's more general, but they do do that. Okay. I feel I had something to do with the eyes. Anyway, um, but it's a recurring um, yearly event that the Grateful Dead um, always signed up for. And it was always in the Bay Area. And I always got the feeling that they were kind of playing for the in crowd. Like they were kind of playing for their friends and their family and for people they know and uh, people within um, you know, the Rex family um, or Rex Foundation. So there were times that I... I didn't really like these shows. Like it was a little on the nose, or was a, you know they were a little too experimental, or, or or whatnot. But this was actually a really good show, and I liked it uh, pretty much throughout. Uh, started off uh, big and fun with a hey pocky way. Um, th there was a really interesting. I, I think this was actually a Bobby vocal effect. Did you guys catch this? Uh, he did thing? a couple times. Yeah. So he like that's Andy you know, playing with him. Oh, okay. Oh, so he was just... See, that's the thing. It, it's all, you know, it's all, like, friends kind of buddying up and, like, you know, pranking each other. Uh, yeah. it, it actually happened uh, in Uncle John's band, too, which is kind of interesting. But, you know, for people who don't know, like, I, I guess... It, I thought it was Bobby doing the vocal effect, because I've heard him do vocal effects before, but it must have been an effect on Brent's voice, where, like, yeah. it was like an octaver, and it had the low octave. And it was like, hey, Pokey, way. <laughs> it was, Yeah, Healy like, loves pretty... doing that. You hear it in a lot of 80s, the other ones. He loves doing that to Bobby's voice. Hey, Pocky Way is a weird one for the effect, but it's definitely carries that prank they, energy. They were just screwing around because they're amongst friends, yeah. you know? And that's and that's the the Rex Foundation ben, um, benefit, like, feel. And and so that's, we you know, we definitely got that today. Uh, Jack Straw, yeah, really good version, really good energy. Uh, Jerry wails um, throughout, and Brent's keys are a huge highlight for um, Jack Straw. Really good version of Jack Straw. Uh, we get into Road Jimmy. I have a plus here for Jerry's voice. It just sounds great, and his guitar tone. Uh, I have uh, just a note that it, 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 it it's majestic. It provides me with majesty. Yeah. <laughs> um, really good version of Row, as Nob said. Uh, Masterpiece was actually pretty good. I liked what Jerry was doing throughout, and and yeah, I, I do like 
the Grateful Dead's version of that song, and this was a, a good version of that as well. Now, Dupree's is, is really not one of my favorite Grateful Dead songs. Um, I would call it a D-tier song, because they have so many wow. songs. I've had. If I had to rank it, it would be low. And Nam and I were talking in the pre-show, you know, that it's just surprising that this song, you know, lasted throughout so much of their career. Um, that being said, that it was played throughout their career. That being said, this one had a lot of bounce to it. Um, and I thought that it was actually uh, a good version of a song that I don't rate very highly. Now, Box of Rain was, I don't know if was planned at this point. Certainly this is a part of the set where they do play Box of Rain. But the but the crowd starts chanting, we want Phil, we want Phil. And you can hear that on the recording, which is kind of cool to hear. And then, you know, Phil takes takes the mic. And actually, I thought he did a pretty admirable job with the vocals. It, it wasn't as, you know, out there uh, of a Phil vocal. Um, so I, th I thought Box was actually pretty good. And then we get into Cassidy, which I have a star next to. This was an awesome version of Cassidy. Uh, it was actually kind of a poppier version, um, just probably the way the drum feel was. And I really liked the build. I liked um, not what you said about the eight-headed monster. There was just a lot going on here, and it was a it was a really good Cassidy. Now I do have a great story about mine as well. I was listening it today, or listening to it today. I was doing work, and and my wife, uh, Mrs. Fig, who I mentioned earlier in the podcast, was um, in the same room doing work as well. And all of a sudden, Jerry starts playing, and he has this particular tone, and it was like a nice kind of overdriven, distorted tone, but still kind of clean in only a way Jerry could do. And I go, wow. And, and and Mrs. Fig goes, what? And I go, Jerry Garcia. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I thought something important happened. And I was like, uh, it just it just did. <laughs> um, so might as well was actually really really awesome. I, the last two might as well that we have uh, featured on the podcast have been really really excellent, and this one was no difference. So uh, Cassidy and might as well were my two favorites for the set. And with that, I'm gonna kick it over to Game. Any show, excuse me, any show that starts off with a rip roar and hey, Pocky Way with my boy Brent is an A plus for me. Um, <laughs> and this one was no different. He was coming through loud and clear. And I was all yeah. about it. Um, hey, Pocky Way was great. Um, I did not care for the vocal effect. Um, I almost forgot about it until A, you mentioned it. Sorry. <laughs> No, and B, I was I listened to it. Um, I made a trip to the dispensary after work, and I was uh, looking for something to listen to. And I was like, "Oh, I can just put this show back on and listen to the first couple songs." Um, and I forgot um, that they did that. And I really did think it was Bobby, because um, it sounded like Bobby. Um, yeah, it did. Do, doing it. Um, so the fact that it wasn't uh, blows me away. Um, they cannot do that though. They could, they could just forget that. And, uh, I think life would be better. Um, Jack straw. Good. Uh, road Jimmy. I thought was beautiful. Um, when I paint my masterpiece is always one of my favorite songs and no difference in this set. Um, really enjoyed Dupree's diamond blues. Um, probably don't realize how much I enjoy that song. Uh, cause I don't think we get it very often. Um, but this one had me bopping um, throughout the workday today. Loved Dupree's Diamond Blues. Really enjoyed the We Want Phil chants leading up to Box of Rain. And hearing Bobby talk to the audience. Um, 
when Phil started um, or when Phil finally agreed to, you know, sing. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, Ox Rain was good. Cassidy was good. And Might As Well was good. Um, this, for me, was probably as close to a perfect first set as you could get. Um, everything yeah. was tight. Everything was tight. Everything was clear. Um, aside from the, the spooky odd... vocal but aside, aside from the two, you know, bulky, you know, portions. Besides those two things, uh, and even that, it was clear to hear. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't, you know, muddied. Uh, it's just an excellent sounding recording, and I'm not sure if if that's the reason I'm so gushing over it, but set one, I, I absolutely adored. Now, let's go into set number two. Uh, set two kicked off with Uncle John's band into playing in the band into Terrapin Station. And then we got Drums and Space, I Need a Miracle, Black Peter, Throwing Stones, Not Fade Away, and then our encore uh, was Knocking on Heaven's Door, and of course, since it was Saturday, the show ended with one more Saturday night. Um, Fig, what were your thoughts on set number two? Yeah, uh, I liked it. I think I like set one better. Um, hopefully I'm not um, spilling the beans for our next segment. But um, set two set two was still really good. Uh, Uncle John's Band was good. I don't want to ruin Uncle John's Band for you, game. But uh, Healy definitely used that same vocal effect. Like he got the mm -hmm. very end where he said, where does the strong go? <laughs> um, so that happened. And it went into uh, playing in the band, which was actually a really good version of playing. Um, the jam didn't go too far out there. And the transition into Terrapin was actually um, a really good transition. It kind of morphed into Terrapin, which I thought was cool. Actually, their transitions in set two were actually great. Uh, Terrapin was a very good version. Uh, Jerry sang it very well, and the band played it really well. Uh, Jumps in Space, I think it was better than what Jumps in Space usually is. I didn't have enough time to really kind of focus on Jumps in Space, so I kind of uh, skipped through it. Miracle was good. Black Peter was actually a really good version. Um, Jerry's first solo was just screaming, just absolutely screaming. So definitely something to listen to. Uh, good tempo throughout. And, and Jerry had this very husky voice um, in Black Peter. You know, I, I, we've said it before on, on the podcast where. Black Peter is a song where Jerry's voice is front and center and sometimes is really the, the focus of everything. And this one was interesting because you got a sense of his husky voice. Um, very, very uh, low and gravelly, which is uh, somewhat different from kind of his more nasally voice. Um, but, you know, Jerry could do it all. And we get into Throwing Stones. And Throwing Stones is another one that I don't generally rate, but this one rocked. This one was awesome set placement um, after uh, Black Peter. Um, you know, all the different iterations of the themes the the crowd was really into it the band was really into it and then they morphed that really well like they started doing the bo diddley beat um uh, at the end of throwing stones of that uh tra transition really nicely into not fade away so that was a really good segue into that um at some point someone was hiccuping into the mic and not fade away it was very awkward um the encores i don't really have much to say although i will say that they did um they did well, I guess they you can't really say they did three um, songs or encores, but um, yeah, Knock on Heaven's Door into One More Saturday Night uh, was the encore. So I'm going to kick it over to uh, Nob. Thank you. I agree on some points and disagree on others. 
Um, I enjoyed Uncle John's band as uh, an opener. It has a very pleasant energy to set to, especially combined with the lyrics. It's just a very welcoming energy to start a second set. I don't know it as a common second set opener. I could be wrong here. We just had it as a second set opener. Oh, okay. Sorry. I feel like a couple weeks ago. No, no, it's not sorry. It's just... It's interesting. No, it's okay. We we do a lot of these. Yeah, you're right. The 84 show. Uh, all right. <laughs> You're the guy who keeps well, anyway. track of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. Um, it, had, it almost seemed like everyone was just goofing around. It almost seemed like they were fucking around with their harmonies during that Silver Mind verse, trying to get each other to laugh. Um, a <laughs> spicy jam towards the end, uh, back into a hot last verse. Uh, I enjoyed the subversion. I'm usually used to playing in the band into Uncle John's band and not the reverse. So this was a nice mix-up. Um, Bob is, has this interesting tone in the second set. He's got a rasp that isn't always there, and it doesn't always feel natural, and it, it sticks out to me the most in playing in the band. Uh, it's a very energetic playing in the band. Uh, the drummers are super on it. Um, I agree with you that, uh, in general, set to a highlight are the transitions between the songs. Uh, this one is an incredibly slick transition. Other than that, I didn't find the note, the the jam to be particularly noteworthy, but uh, mm-hmm. the transition into Terrapin was great. And it had a really nice energy to catapult us into Terrapin. Um, gorgeous start. Uh, Jerry just sounds great. The whole lady with a fan half hard to intellectualize. It's not a world-changing Terrapin, but everything works. Um... Jerry really nails the inspiration part. Mm-hmm. Um, the the sung through bit, the Terrapin Station half of the song doesn't always get me, but uh, the ending jam was really nice. Um, a very industrial sounding drums, like it's very raw, very grungy. I can uh, I can appreciate it, but I, I didn't like it. But conversely, space was beautiful. Uh, hearing Jerry duet with his own echo was awesome. It was just genuinely really pretty. And then there was a little bit of this The Other One jam. And then we got into a Black Peter. And whole, uh, am I allowed to curse on the podcast? I know I said one last week. Can I curse again? Yes. Uh, yeah, okay, we get four. Awesome. Holy fuck, they are hot and heavy with the I Need a Miracle. I I cannot... My only qualm with the, that song is that it wasn't three minutes longer. Uh, Jerry's licks were smoking. The vocals were layering. It was really nice. Really enjoyed that. In general, I would say my favorite part of this show is the post-drums. Half of set two. Uh, Black Peter, a very clever transition into Black Peter. It's not... Slick because they have a lot of places to go, but it's a very thoughtful transition, and everyone follows each other really well in that journey. A beautiful, beautiful Black Peter. Jerry is super on it. The band is supporting him really well. Jerry's guitar solo is great. This part of the show, there really is nothing wrong. It's a very dancey throw in stones. Uh, If it wasn't for Bobby's angry delivery, you could kind of pass this off as Disco Dead. Um... At least with the musical underscoring. Uh, Bobby was really into it. Uh, I was into it right alongside him. And the crowd especially was. The, the build-up to the first Ashes, Ashes All Fall Down with the audience singing it along was really nice. 
Um, and I enjoyed Brent added this little key counter melody at the end. I've really enjoyed it. Um, a zippy, well played, not fade away to bring us home. Uh, I love the 80s endings with the call and response. This one, I, I was impressed when they're, the fact that the crowd is able to keep it going for a good two minutes and then the band is able to pick it up right off of that. It's impressive and they don't always point. nail it. This time, they nailed it. Wait, wait, wait. Um, You're assuming that the break between set two and the encore was only two minutes. Well, that's, it's I mean, possible uh, listening to that the... it was. I don't know. Maybe I think it, 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 it probably was clipped. I, I know in the source that I listened to, um, they tried to get the everything to fit onto one CD, you know, like a compact disc, oh. right? And and so like the the everything was out of order. So I could see them clipping, you know, f- the end of set Maybe. two, you know, clipping out the encore and, and starting set one. So it's possible. Well, it's the tape I listened were... to has about two minutes of the crowd going. Oh, okay, so you just so it was no, just like I a, love... oh I no I listened sol- to it. solitary <laughs> tape. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, and you, it's, it's definitely, the crowd doesn't always nail that, and the band doesn't always nail that. This is one of those times where it works. Um, I'm not the biggest knocking on Heaven's Door fan. I've been told this is a hot take. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of it as a song. I'm not a huge fan of the dead doing it. But this one works. It's, it's just a little too repetitive for me, and there are, uh, there are songs about dying that I like more. For example, Black Peter, which they played three songs prior. Uh, um, but this version worked for me. Uh, Jerry had a really nice solo. Uh, there were some really lovely vocals from both Jerry and the harmonies. Um, the, it, it was definitely one of my favorite Grateful Dead knocking on Heaven's Doors. Um, and a nice, serviceable One More Saturday Night. It works. If you like One More Saturday Night, you're going to like it. If you don't, it you're not, but it it was fine. It worked. Um, I I enjoyed set two. I would definitely say uh, this this later half is probably my highlight of the show. Space through the end. Um, I'll pass it back to you, game. All right. Um, yeah, set two was good as well. Um, Uncle John's band was great. Playing in the band was great. Uh, really enjoyed Terrapin. Um, drums in space. I did skip. Um, I Need a Miracle was good. Um, Black Peter was awesome. Um, really, really. And I'm not a, a big Black Peter fan, as we discussed before, but this version was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Throwing Stones was good, and Not Fade Away was good. Uh, I really did enjoy the fans um, going along, and the fact that they did um, fire it back up based off of the fans was amazing. Um, knocking on Heaven's Door, I did enjoy. Um, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is when they were playing Dylan's songs, correct? Yeah. Um, I like Knocking on Heaven's Door, um, but I'm probably the outlier that I like the Guns N' Roses version of Knocking on yeah. Heaven's Door. Yeah, I, I was um, gonna bring up Guns N' Roses, but I was really yeah. biting my tongue. Um, it's funny, I, I just had a conversation with my brother where... Well, my brother's a big metalhead, so this was no surprise. But I, I, I admitted to him that GNR's version is, is in my opinion, the uh, superior version. No, I, I, and 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 I agree with you on that. Um, I like the song. I just don't like the Dead's version of it. Um, 
I think if they were my favorite Dylan cover that they do, um, I think I even said this before. Um, it's all over, baby blue. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not played yeah. nearly enough. No. Um, as a encore, uh, as a show closer, it's fantastic. Just yes, yeah. Tugs on the heartstrings. Uh, they could have swapped that for that, and I think it would have been killer. Um, and one more Saturday night, like you said, Nob, it was serviceable. Um, the thing, the thing of... about the dead and, and Dylan, I'm just going to derail a little bit to talk oh, about this because sure. I've been, I've been thinking about it is, you know, it's, it, it's fan. I don't say it's fan service, but like, it's, it's almost like Dylan worship. Like, like they got Dylan on, on a level that I can't possibly even comprehend. So like, that's why I, I, I kind of give them the liberty to put Dylan wherever they want, because I just, I recognize that it's just game representing game or, um, a recognizing game and and that they i don't know they're not doing it for us i really don't i really don't i think they're doing it for themselves they're doing it you know kind of as an homage to to their master i don't know yeah yeah uh, it's an interesting, it's interesting. Relationship they had it really is interesting there is a period of time where bob dylan wanted to join the grateful dead proper uh well he i mean I there's dylan he... and the dead like there's right a whole album. but in in 89, he wanted, he was considering, like, stopping his Bob Dylan tours and just becoming another member of the Grateful Dead. And there's a set right. with uh, the set, it's the second set, they come out and it's the Dead plus Bob Dylan, but Bob Dylan's just playing an electric guitar and not singing anything. And they do, like, Monkey and the Engineer and, like, <laughs> just weird, weird Dead He's tunes. Yeah. At one point, they start doing "Stuck Inside a Mobile," and Bob Dylan will not sing it. Like they're kind of trying to gently goad him into mm. singing it, but he will not. He lets Bob Weir do the whole thing until Bob forgets the lyrics, does not know <laughs> what comes next, and only then does Bob Dylan step up to the mic and sing some of "Stuck Inside a Mobile." It's a fascinating relationship. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could I could get behind a Bob Dylan in the Dead only playing guitar. I could I could take that. That that would be uh... interesting. I it's, I it seems something that would benefit at that point in time would probably benefit Bob more than it would have benefited the Dead. Oh, absolutely. They didn't really need another guitarist. I um but again I it, it, again it, it speaks to their worship of this guy like they didn't need yeah. that and yet they brought him in and they did an album with him which was not very good in my opinion um and yeah, they, they were bad even cuts from a good tour yeah and they would have they would have brought him in even though they didn't need him like like it just yeah. it speaks a lot to that relationship it's just you know it is what it is. <laughs> I guess for me, I just haven't hit like my Bob Dylan phase of my life yet. Where yeah, I'm like, uh, oh, I don't Bob know, if, Dylan. I just, I don't know I don't if you necessarily it, will. I've been waiting for it personally, and I think the the dead should be the entree, but it just never has been. I feel like I like three Bob Dylan songs. Like, and I and I say Bob Dylan songs, I mean like him singing them. Um. Oh Lord. Um, Baby Blue, which I do like when he sings yeah. it. I, I like I like when the dead sing it, but I do like when he sings it too. Um, oh shit. Um, you must leave. Ne no, that 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 is Baby Blue. Do I only like Baby Blue? Um, 
don't don't think twice it's all right yeah i like that that one um and probably rainy day women but that's just because like that's a popular one and that's probably the first one i knew yeah yeah Uh, i had a flirtation with uh the desire album with isis and yeah. all those songs all those story songs um one more cup of coffee off of that one. Oh, that's great actually you know interestingly the first time i heard that song i was in jerusalem it was the white stripes oh no i i okay. it was it was bob dylan on the radio in a cab in jerusalem and i was like coming home from a bar and it was yeah. like just like like what a, what a perfect setting for one more cup of coffee <laughs> Like this Middle Eastern feeling song. I was like, what is this? And like someone, I don't know if someone said it was Bob Dylan or what, but I figured out it was, it was Bob Dylan, one more cup of coffee. That's actually how it got into the album. Yeah. Very cool stuff. <sighs> I'm a Dylan nut. I do. I really like Bob Dylan. Um, but I don't always love him with the dead. But I do like when the dead, like the dead pretty much always do his tunes justice. So I dig when they show up. I want more visions of Joanna. Mm. that's only show up in like the late late 90s so i don't know how badly i want a visions of joanna (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't tempt the project you might just get one (laughs) does this show make either of your book of the deads not much ago uh I don't know. I really can't say. <laughs> if it does, it just barely does. And if it doesn't, it just barely doesn't. You know? It's it's it would be my line. I'm the answer. Not <laughs> you this show. I know. You pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with yes. <laughs> Fine. On. Yes, maybe. It's a fake, it's a I don't know. Can you book. repeat the question? <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I need an adult. Um, it's a it's a yes for me. Wow, it's a yes for me. It was a good show. Um, and you didn't even make a up show. a bunch of stuff. No, you know if I if I say yes, we have to play the whole thing. <laughs> that's that the rules. True. That is that, so, that, that the does make editing easier. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, here's I'm gonna say yes. I'm I'm not. You know, if I had my druthers, or if it was an actual book and there was space limitations, I would probably say no. However, um, because uh, uh, Nob so eloquently discussed the second half of set two, which I do agree was was fantastic stuff, um, I would say, um, you know, my choice would be for set one. But um, because it seems like we're all in agreement and we should highlight that second set half of set two, I'm going to say yes, thereby pushing the entire concert. Sure. That saves us for five and a half more minutes with two unrelated tangents in the middle. Yeah, and it saves it saves game. How, how many how many minutes do you think that saves you on editing? Um, truthfully, um, probably two minutes forty five seconds. Okay, well you're welcome. Right, let's save those two forty five. Uh, we had no Reddit comments this week, uh, but um. That's because I don't believe we were stickied for the show. We actually were, we? were stickied for quite were some time, and then wow. and then the uh, so you're yeah, all just fake listeners. Just <laughs> the the AMA um, the AMAs bumped us off. Um, I don't know if those AMAs are going to be stickied for like a month. 
So I'm going to try to... Yeah, they usually are. And like, I'm like, I'm, I'm always iffy about bumping other uh, stickies, especially when it's like a uh, subreddit wide sticky like that. So we'll see. I'll try to get us back up there at some point. Uh, next week, we are featuring a show from, ooh, right around Christmas time, December 28th, 1969, at the International Speedway at Hollywood, California. Um, that's an interesting venue for a Grateful Dead concert. This is the last show in 69. Let's see. Go ahead. Um, looks like we just have one set. Um... Show opens with Black Peter and ends with a 17 wow. minute love light. Yeah. That's like <laughs> post Christmas time. <laughs> post Christmas time love light. That's going to be probably pretty interesting. Um, we also got a hard to handle. Uh, a Mason's Children, which I think we just had one of those recently as well. Yeah. Um, China Cat, Cumberland. Stanton, hard to handle. I mostly know the ones from after he left. Yeah, this might be the earliest hard to handle. Yeah, I mostly know to. the 70, 71 ones. Yeah. Um, so once again, next week, December 28th, 1969, from the International Speedway in Hollywood, Florida. Um, let's go ahead and do our bookkeeping and wrap up this podcast for the evening as always please smash the subscribe button and like and share with any and all of your grateful dead loving friends and family um you may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded however if you use a music service that rhymes with crotchify and <laughs> that service released a unwrapped for you uh just last week uh, you won't find us on that one uh you will find us however on wherever else podcasts are downloaded you may also find us directly on the web at help on the way you may email us at help on the way pod at gmail.com you may find us on reddit normally we are stickied however if you go to the subreddit and you do not find us please just search for for the phrase help on the way um, yeah. and that subreddit is reddit.com slash r slash grateful dead and twitch channel that i was supposed to relaunch on monday that i didn't do twitch.tv slash the gd channel um that is it for me for the evening um friends do you have any other final parting words for our listeners not yeah. about to go if i were to name a grateful dead beef broth I would call it Uncle John's broth. And on that note, we thank you once again for listening to Uncle John's broth. The Help on the Way podcast sponsored by Uncle John's broth.
music in your soul Makes your body wanna rock and roll I say hey, 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 Pocky Way
share the women, we can share the wine. We can share what we got of yours, cause we done share all of mine.
with the streets of Rome filled with rubble ancient footprints everywhere well you can almost think that you see end of what
gonna cost you some time Preset judge, you know that crossed my mind Judge said, in fact, it's gonna cost you your life Preset judge, you know that seems to me to be about right
He really takes her as well, doesn't he?
twisted with the words and spoken and thoughts of dear. What do you want me to do? To do for you? A box of rain will ease the pain and love. See you through. Silver Street. I can tell by the mocking that you were in his dream. A child of countless trees. A child of countless seas. What you are, what you were meant to be. Fix his name, though you were born to. Wash the night time clean. 
scorched ground green. Close the gap of the dark years in between You and me, casualty Quick beats in the icy heart Catch cold, draws a coffin cup There he goes and now here she's stuck with her cry Fly to the sea birds Scatter like lost words
quite a deceiver Scattered like lost words We'll do the storm and fly
We'll be back in a little bit. Crow told me 
decide if he was wise Storyteller makes no choice Soon you will not hear his voice His job is to shed light, not to master
baby go beneath the ground Spinning, spinning free 
busy with eternity Painted with a skin of sky Brushing some clouds and sea Call it home for you and me Peaceful place, or so it looks from space Closer look reveals the human race Full of hope, full of grace is the human face But afraid we may lay our home to waste There's a few down here we can't forget Hasn't got a name just yet Always awake, always around Seeing ashes, ashes all fall down Ashes, ashes all fall down and Watching the ball revolves and the night time falls Meeting in the hunt begins and again the blood wind calls Bye, bye again from the morning sun will rise But the darkness never goes from the sun men's eyes Oh no no! Sidewalks and it rolls the streets Stinging tear, dividing up beat Nightmare spook, peace of heat It's you and me Rat cut out a rolling bone Need that cash to feed that Jones And the politicians throwing stones Singing ashes, ashes all fall down Crumbles all and pinstripe bosses rolling dice Any way they fall, it's who gets to pay the price Money green, we're proletarian gray Chilling food today. So the kids they dance and shake their bones, and the politicians throw in stones, singing ashes, ashes all fall down. Heartless powers try to tell us what to think If the spirit's leaving, then the flesh is ink Yeah! This is page, we're beneath the card is stone Future's here, we are on our own On our own! On our own! On our own! On our own!
but you drive me back. You love for me has got to be real. You're gonna know just how I feel. Love's real, not fade away. And I fade away. Not 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 fade
not fade away. Not fade away. Not fade away. No, I love will not fade away. Not fade away. Not fade away. Not fade away.
down to the mountain, I was thinking some more. Put up into heaven, Lord, I saw my mind aside and then fly across the head. Bleeding in black and white, get prepared. Gonna be a party tonight. We'll I'm 